Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well. I know I am, definitely. Now, we have some messages that came in, and I'm going to give you my responses to them. And we have a lot of other things to talk about, folks. Now, here's the one thing that seems to come up rather frequently. Some of you are having problems with dating apps. Primarily, you're not finding the person you want, but you're spending a lot of money in that pursuit. Folks, you're going to have to look at kind of like the feel, the flow. I always recommend that you start out with any dating app free. Do the free thing for about a week just to get a feel for the kind of people that are on the dating app. Now, if you're in a small out of the way town, rural area or something like that, usually you're going to run across some of the same people that you've seen on other apps. That's just the way it goes. Now, many of you may have to stretch out and go into metropolitan areas. So, for instance, if you live somewhere like, we'll say, Orange, California, where you might not have such a wide variety of people, and Orange is not a small town by comparison to some others, using this as an example, you might want to look at somewhere like Anaheim, just a little bit larger, or maybe somewhere like Fullerton just to expand your horizons, or even in the Orange County area in general. Now, the person that might be suited for you is out there. Another question I get asked a lot is, how much time should you spend with trying to get to know a person, etc.? Folks, you have to judge that. But I put it to you this way. The more complex it is, the easier it is for you not to pursue it. Remember that, because see what happens is this. There are some people that like the attention and they want to see how far they could take that attention. And the problem is many of them jump the shark, you know, like they do in the motion picture industry or television industry when they create all of these sequels and they ride the horse until the wheels fall off, even though horses don't have wheels. But The thing is, they overdo it. And then it gets to a point where you're saying, okay, you know what? I can't can't do this anymore. I'm not going to see this franchise anymore. It's like with me, for instance, with the Fast and Furious franchise. After the second one, I was done. Bad Boys, prime example. After the second one, I was done. Even though I went and saw the third one, and uh, uh, I'll put it to you this way. Second one to me was the best one. Beverly Hills Cop, number two, was the best. Usually with sequels, after they see what they've done that worked in the first one, 
Yes, they're going to use some of the aspects of the first one that was successful. And they're going to put another creative twist on it. Now, sometimes they usually get it right on the second one. But when they get to the third and fourth, usually it's not there. I.e., horror movies is a prime example. Uh, I didn't want to see Jason go against Freddy or nothing silly like that, for instance. But it all depends. Now, here's the other thing that we have to think about with this uh, issue that some of you are bringing up. I hate to tell you folks, but some of you may have to get out of your area completely in order to find someone that's compatible. A lot of you don't like doing that, especially you ladies. You want somebody local because you like convenience. Fellas, if you don't know, geography is a big issue for women. They don't like traveling. So, here's the thing. You meet a woman in a distant land, more than likely, guess what she's going to do? Ask you to come see her. And this is where you have to make a judgment as to whether or not it's worth it or not. Now, you will have friends along the way. Nothing's wrong with that. But also what you have to remember, too, is this. If you're in specifically the market for a long-term relationship or a relationship, you should have boundaries. Everyone should. And sometimes people don't really use those. Let me give you an example. A gentleman wrote me recently, and he was literally going to pick up every dollar he had fly to the Philippines to meet this woman he met online. And he wrote in wanting to know whether or not that was a wise idea. And I told him, no. I said, what I would do if I were you, maybe travel there, have her as a friend, and then see what it's like there. As far as meeting some of the people, seeing what's going on, that kind of thing. Because you have to remember when you get there and you're dependent on her, what if things don't work out? What if the two of you may not be compatible when you meet in person? And then you're there kind of getting the silent treatment until you're ready to leave. And that's no fun. So you want to put yourself in a position where, you know, if you're going to do this, make sure that person is genuinely the one you want and the one you need or those needs that you have to be met besides the sexual side. Now, another thing you're going to face a lot on the dating scene. People who are trying to cleanse themselves of past indiscretions, past mistakes, heartbreaks, those kind of things. I have to tell you this, and it's going to hurt a bit. It's not your job to do the full work. Some people will come to you and say, okay, fix me. Be careful on that because many times you can't fix them. They have to start working on themselves first. And they will expect you to go in and lend that extra hand in order to make things work for them. Because what will happen, if you're not careful, you'll wind up taking 80%, if not more, of the load in that relationship just to keep it alive. And it's unfair to you. Now, the other thing, Take, for instance, you don't meet up to that person's standards upon meeting. This is a common thing, too. Please understand one thing. You have options. And you know what that other option is? Not to get involved with that person. 
Use it to the fullest of your ability if you guys are not getting along. If it's not going to work. Nobody wants to be in a relationship miserable. You can be by yourself and be that way. So don't put yourself in that corner. And a lot of times we do just for the sake of love, for the sake of not being lonely, for the sake of having someone there. And a lot of times these people are there. They're more or less an ambient type of uh, partnership or relationship. They just want somebody else in the room. That necessarily mean they want a relationship. So this is something that you may want to be mindful of in the process. So what we're going to do now, without further ado, we're going to get to some of the messages here. And we'll be right back. Beverly here from Princess Anne, Maryland, loving Romantic Truth podcast and enjoying Memorial Day weekend. I'm a married single mom going on this girl's trip to Miami this Memorial Day weekend for some unadulterated fucking and fun. Jossan, do you have any idea why the likes are limited on Bumble after signing up for one month? I'll be damned if I give them $199 for a lifetime subscription if the monthly premium level is like this. All right, let's get started here. First of all, Beverly, I'd like to thank you for uh, those kind words from the Delmarva Peninsula from Princess Anne, Maryland. Love that place. I used to go there during the summer back in the late 70s. And um, we used to hang out at this uh, club called the Juicy Fruit back in the day in Princess Anne. <laughs> and I was dating a young lady there that, oh my gosh, you know, in retrospect, I should have married her. And uh, well, anyway, you know, she had a wonderful family and uh, beautiful people. And I really loved it out there. And it was really nice. Um, enjoyed my summers there. And used to work at uh, the University of Maryland Eastern Shore as uh, in the NYSP National Youth Sports Program. A friend of mine with the family was the athletic director there. And so had a lot of fun there. So yes, that brings back many memories. So I thank you, Beverly, for that. Definitely. Now, um, <laughs> uh, ma'am, I know you want to go and have a fucking free holiday down there in um, Florida. Well, the only thing I could tell you is this, ma'am. Be very careful. Don't take your relationship for granted. And please, whatever you do, don't take your man for granted because you don't know what kind of disposition he will have when he uh, finds out and if he finds out. Um, just be careful. I mean, you know, people get frustrated and they go out and they have extramarital affairs and they go out outside the relationship and they make the assumption that their partner is static in their emotions and feelings as if they're not going to change. Well, that is the biggest mistake most people make because you never may have seen them in another context. So you might have only seen them where when they were frustrated or disappointed, they acted a certain way. That doesn't mean that it's going to always be that way. So you don't know. You know, there was a situation that I knew of personally where a friend of mine, he came out to Los Angeles. And at the time I was with Monica. And Monica had a friend who was single. She had just got a divorce, I think about a year prior. And this friend of mine, I introduced him to her, and he fell head over heels. Well, the only thing was, he was still married. 
Well, what he did, he tried his best, and a girl found out she was, he was married, because I told her, and told him, uh-uh, unless you divorce you. Yeah, I was cock-blocking, I'll admit it. Played a good defensive end. But anyway, what happened was this. He decides that what he was going to do was promise this individual that he was leaving his wife and he was going to come back out in about two more weeks to see her. Well, he gets on the flight, headed to Los Angeles from back east. And just as he was going to pick up his luggage at LAX, guess who happened to be there? His wife. She was on the same flight in a different seat. He had a lot of explaining to do. And then, of course, he told her that he was coming out to see me. And she said, well, you already saw him once. And let me tell you, she was on him like Elmer's glue all on a popsicle stick. He wasn't going anywhere without her. And, of course, once she found out, Monica's friend found out that it was all a big lie, she wound up meeting the man's wife, my friend's wife, and yeah, that was thwarted completely. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to just willy-nilly do something like that. It's best to break up with the person or divorce them before you go through that, or at least get some counseling, see if you can work on it. If not, don't leave loose ends like that because you never know. Like I said, you can only assume what your partner will do. You do not know what your partner will do. Two different things. Now, ma'am, I do not have any clue as to what Bumble is doing. The only thing I know that it operates just like many of the other sites, because you got to remember now, it's very difficult for many of those dating apps to stay in operation. Times are getting tight now. People are not spending money on dating apps anymore. Where they're spending their money now, living, food, gasoline, trying to pay debt down. They've become more practical. They're saving up money to go on vacation. Many people are out now on Memorial Day enjoying themselves because they would rather spend money on that than sitting at home scrolling down pages hoping to meet someone. They're going out and interactively meeting people and so what we're seeing now is a trend where people are now trying to become more sociable to meet people as opposed to just being isolated on a dating app. A lot of people now are pushing it to meet people sooner as opposed to having these drawn out back and forth phone calls, video chats, and texts. Those things are fading in the wind. And the reason why they are is because People are still alone, even though they're doing all this. So they want some interaction. They want some closeness. And sometimes these venues don't really provide that for them. So what you will find is that people are gonna be quicker to wanna meet you, quicker to wanna make a decision as to whether or not you are yay or nay. And they're not gonna sit around for a whole year six months to find out whether or not this is a go because they're going to continue on their quest 
Now, I agree with you on some of the sites, it's got kind of ridiculous where you sign up for one month, I've seen it as high as $105. But this particular site, that's 105 bucks per month. It isn't worth it for many of the reviews I've seen and many of the people that have signed up for it. It's one of these boutique sites where you can mess around with married people. And I'm not talking about Ashley Madison. Madison. And I'm not talking about uh, Victoria Milan. It's another one that's out there. And uh, it's just ridiculous. A lot of these places are going to do just like a lot of shows and movies. They're going to jump the shark. And what's going to eventually happen, once they price themselves out of the market, people don't come back. If you look at what happened in California now, out of all these tragedies, State Farm just said, hey, you know what? Mm Mm-mm. You cut so far in our profits, we're not signing any more, uh, not underwriting any more homes in California. You can't blame them. And so, not only that, you think about the prices of these homes now. They're ridiculous. Overpriced. Because the banks have a lot of inventory of homes. And what are they not doing? They're not putting them in the market like they did before, like they did in 2008 because they know damn well they're not getting a bailout this time. They took that lesson to heart. You think about these banks in the Silicon Valley that have failed. The government said, figure it out amongst yourselves. We're not coming to the taxpayers this time. And so that means that there will be some that will fail and there'll be some that will succeed. There'll be some that will be merged, absorbed into other corporations. And so they took that message like religion without any reservations because they know good and well, there's no bailout coming. There's no cavalry coming this time. So naturally in places like California, different places, it's going to be more expensive. You look at even to get permits to build property now, California could take up several months if not years in other states like texas it takes about three months nevada maybe even less because see nevada has a lot of land so we're not never short on that so as far as home construction there's no problem but you got another problem and that is does the consumer have enough confidence to go out on a debt for 30 years. You're starting to see more and more people not necessarily wanting to do that because some of them are taking the practical approaches I took years ago. If I'm not gonna have a family, why would I need a house? To impress someone in order to get a mate? That's not a valid reason. A status symbol, not a valid reason. An investment. Well, just like with any investment, it could be tricky because you could pay a lot of money for a home and then if the neighborhood turns to crap, you're scrambling to try to make ends meet or if you have a natural disaster. You know, you look at some of the homes in Florida, for instance, as an example, that were damaged by the hurricanes. A lot of them are not getting the insurance money in order to fix their properties. You have $250,000 worth of damage and you're only getting $4,000 
from the insurance company. That's a big gap, isn't it? A lot of people are filing lawsuits based on that. So people are seeing now the risk. Because it used to be where housing was this go-to. You could never go wrong buying a house. At least that's what the American dream had really uh, always persuaded us to believe for so many decades. But you have to remember, in the heyday of this, like with places like Lewistown and different places where after the World War II, yeah, they were trying to get people in the suburbs. Well, who were they trying to get out in the suburbs? Many of the middle class working whites who had lived in what eventually became projects in many of the cities. They were living vertically. And what they wanted to do was take those people from vertical living to horizontal living, basically living in neighborhoods as opposed to buildings. And so they did so. And then you had these things spring up such as homeowner organizations. And what did the HOAs do? Well, back then, they were really designed in order to keep certain people out of their communities. And so they could hit them with infractions. And then you had covenants where people would agree only to sell to certain types of people within their community. So in that way, they kept minorities out and kept other people out that they didn't like. You look at it now, think about it for a moment. What is the value of an HOA these days? The only value I can see is under one simple premise. And that is if they have a home and there are a whole bunch of people in that community that do not have the discipline of respecting the community standards. Now, I grew up in Mississippi where they didn't have HOAs. They didn't need them because people took pride in their property. They cut their grass. Nobody cleaned it. Nobody had oil in the front yard and that kind of thing. People with their cars in the garage. Oh, they left them out in the carport. No one went around and painted their house up yellow or green that was kind of intrusive to the eyes because you had a sense of conformity among people within a community. Everybody was mindful of the next person's property value. But now, of course, we don't have that. And we have these things popping up and then God help if you get an HOA where they want to be like um, basically a police department where they're constantly policing you, constantly breathing down your neck on marginal, trivial things. Some of you have already faced this. I see in Vegas, it's not only in your homes, also in apartments as well. But see, it shouldn't be on that level. How about if the apartment complexes and the communities 
just to say, hey, you know what? These are the standards in order to live in this community. Let's abide by it. Plain and simple. And of course, you're going to have people that don't. Well, you can take them to court. But again, like I said, it's one of those things that has to be addressed at some time, doesn't it? Now, I know I'm not making sense to some of you because you're saying, well, you know, we still need them because uh, without them, uh, you know, everything would go amok. But I want you to think about it for a moment. We do this in many other aspects of our lives. You know, when I hear about communities where people say, well, you know, I never lock my door. I always leave the keys in my car. When I go in the house, I leave the window open at night. And people in large communities do this, different communities throughout the country, throughout the world for that matter. That's because the people who live in that community respects the norm. Usually the interlopers, the people that are not there, they're the exception, not the rule, usually. Because we have this thing where that 10% of society is treated like it's 100%. And the majority of people that are decent and don't do these things are now put into the category of being the victim on the defense. But we'll figure it out sooner or later as a society. But for the most part, ma'am, when it comes down to something like this, you would have to just be selective and choose the right dating platform for you. And make sure that the one you choose is one that you're comfortable with and don't mind paying for. As I said before, it's now gotten to the point where you gotta think about many of these dating apps if you look at it on a monthly basis, the average streaming service goes for what, $9.99 a month? Now, what do you think about this for a moment? And take, for instance, you go to a dating app and it's charging you $40 a month. Roughly, that's four streaming services you could have per month for that monthly fee that you're paying for that dating app. Resonates now? Now I'm talking about if you're just paying on a monthly basis. Not if you're paying like three months, they'll give you that $9.99 or whatever for, you know, per month for three months, but they're gonna be asking for a chunk of change up front, right? And usually that billing is gonna be cyclical. And what happens to us when we start doing cyclical billing a lot of times? We forget and we continue. And this is something that we have to look at. Something we have to consider. More in a moment, folks. Hey, want to thank you for meeting me and my new boyfriend. You are a very nice man and very funny. When I sent you an email that we were on the strip, 
I was really surprised to see you show up and greet us. Thanks for the info about the strip. Red Rock was much better than where we were staying. I was listening to one of your podcasts when you were referring to women not wanting to introduce their man to a friend that's finer than they are until after a commitment. This is true because I have done that before. I lost my ex-husband to a dear friend of mine. I learned a lesson from that. This guy recently went out on a date with said that I am a prude. I was kind of taken aback by that statement because this is something I've been told before. Why would a man actually tell a woman this? Don't they find this offensive? Just want to give a shout out to Karen and her new man. Um, hey, I didn't mind helping you guys out because uh, where you were, I'm not going to go into any details, but I tell you this much. Uh, it's not one of the best places to be on the strip. So I'm glad you were able to find uh, more appropriate accommodations at Red Rock. Now, it was a pleasure meeting you and your new man, and you're definitely in love. So congrats to you. I hope things work out well between the two of you. And um, I really appreciate your kind words. And hey, you know, the thing was, I was out in that area, so why not? I was over that link, so. I was right not too far away from you guys and thought that that would be kind of cool. Now, don't get any ideas, folks, and think when you bring your ass to Vegas, I'm going to be out on the strip all the time. Not going to happen. All right. Um, now, Rena, the friend situation. This is something that women already know, majority of women. If they have a girlfriend that's finer, more attractive, or more uh, seductive than they are, usually that woman is gonna keep her new man away from him until she does have a commitment, until she has something that's solidified that will justify the two of them being together. The last thing she wants to do is to go and Bring him in and let him be so focused on the other woman that he neglects her. This is a common, common mistake that women make. And ladies, what I tell you is this, follow your instinct. Some of you have already had girlfriends take your man. We already know this. And the thing you have to realize is that when this occurs, yeah, you're mad at her. But don't forget to be mad at him too, in a way. Because after all, he had to give himself away for her to take him. And this is one thing you have to always remember with a partner. You have to give what somebody else can take. You know, when you hear the thing, like for instance, you said, my girlfriend took my man, nope, nope. He helped her. You know, it would be the equivalent of somebody being kidnapped. And the kidnapper shows up. And the person is thinking, okay, you're a stranger, you're here. Hell, I'm lonely. And guess what? Um, since I'm lonely, I would like some company. So, yeah, I'll go with you guys. You don't have to worry about kidnapping me. I'll go willingly. 
while we're at it, why don't we go out and get a few burgers, and then after that, go dancing, go drinking, blah, 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 blah. Person's complicit. And so that's how that comes about. But the reason why you don't want to think about it that way is because of the fact that you still want that person that may not want you. That hurts. Oh, that stings. That burns deeply. Now, some of you guys are writing in about not wanting to date women in their 60s and 50s because of all of the emotional baggage. You know, all of the self-realization they're going through. I agree with you, it can be difficult. Because like I told you before, a lot of women stay in marriages and relationships far longer than they should. And they get damaged in the process. And they, that's the first thing they don't want to hear. Oh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm not damaged. I'm not hurt. Even though you can see the battle scars all over them. But they can't see themselves that way. Because they're so busy being defensive. Because you got to remember, there were other people that told them while they were in that bad marriage or relationship that it was a bad marriage or relationship. And guess what they did? They put on that body armor and they protected their marriage. <clears throat> and guess what they're still doing? Protecting those same feelings. <clears throat> Nothing's wrong with me. <clears throat> That's because they put that shield up because they probably had a partner that criticized them a lot. And then they got criticism from the people who are more objective about their relationship. And so they can easily go into victimhood me against the world and once that occurs it is very very difficult to unweave that web it can be very very difficult for that to happen so my words to you ma'am is this okay you've gone through that experience you've learned from it or are you going to let it control you for the rest of your life are you going to let it put you in a point where you had a fear of ever having your friends meet your partner. When I was with Monica, I met a lot of her friends and she had some very fine and wealthy friends. But guess what? I was focused on Monica. I was, if anything, pissed off when she was going to spend a lot of time with her. And I was like a kid, jealous. Not that visceral jealousy, but that jealousy of, yeah, I know you guys are painting your nails. I know you guys are going to the spa. I know you guys are doing all this, but I want to be with you. And not with them. And eventually, she caught on. I didn't have to act out or anything, give her the silent treatment, nothing like that. She caught on. Started telling my girlfriends, oh no, uh-uh. Nope, I'm gonna be with my man. And that's what really came about. Now, one day she had the bright idea of me doing her nails. Nope. I was going to use house paint. Hell, I didn't know 
Nothing about nobody's nails. I only went to a nail salon and had them done. Because I was ready to fuck something up, let me tell you. It was going to happen. Up there walking around like a troglodyte. But, that's the way it happens sometimes. Now, here's the thing. You may want to have that talk with your girlfriends. If you feel that way. Because I know that feeling. I've been there before. I married my ex-wife. She had all the fine-ass friends I never saw before. It's like, damn. And the thing is, fellas, you can't do shit when it happens. Because <laughs> they already let you like, ooh, ooh, you got a commitment, you got a commitment. I'm finding you can't have me. I'm finding you can't have me. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Karnisha. One of the ladies that uh, delivered my groceries yesterday. Tina turned the legs, that's all I can say. Tina turned the legs to the max. Beautiful legs. Kind of scared me a little bit. I was well, expecting her to sing What's Love Got to Do With It in a second. Resting the soul. Now, getting to the lady who <laughs> got called a prude. Ma'am, let me tell you something. I know it was kind of a, like an in-your-face thing when he called you a prude. I've had to do that before. It all depends on the way you behave. And you may think everything is fine and you're doing nothing wrong. But it has a lot to do with the way you behave. Now, let me give you an example. I went on a date with a lady years ago. And she laid down all the parameters for me. Oh, there'll be no hand-holding, no kissing, no hugging. We're going out as friends. We're going Dutch. All right, she's taking control of the experience. All right, that's cool. Go Dutch. She's in her comfort zone. I'm in mine. Now, here's what happened. We got on the date. And I'm thinking, okay, the conversation is going to be basically about generic things that are going to be kind of like uh, sophomoric. We're not going to go into any kind of detail, no in-depth conversations. It's going to be very lighthearted and fun. You know, the only thing that woman talked about the whole date, sex and how she likes it. And she asked me, well, what do you like? And blah, 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 going on that. I said, when I told her, guess what she did? Put up that guard. Oh, you're not getting, you're, we're not going to get intimate. So, you know, it's good for us to talk about these things, but it will never be a situation where we're intimate. I knew she had trust issues. And she says, well, didn't we have so much fun tonight? I said, you had fun, I didn't. Why not? I said, it was as if I was on a date with some draconian figure from the Middle Ages. 
I said it felt more like I was on a date with someone from the Spanish Inquisition than it was me being on a date with a lady. <laughs> you're lost, she said. Well, and I told her, you're right. Because I wasted my gas, my time, my effort. You're right. And my money on a meal that I didn't enjoy at a restaurant that you chose. I said, oh, you're trying to guilt me, trying to make me feel, I said, no. I said, I take full blame for that because that was my fault for going out with you. Had I not done so, we both wouldn't have had this experience. And guess what? We would have thought better of each other, wouldn't we? Well, you didn't have to put it like that. I said, yeah, I had to. You're being rude. That was the first thing she said. Ungentlemanlike. Other things she said. I said, call it as you will. Qualify it as you may. This date is terminated as far as my participation. Check, please. She went in. I would have respected her more had she stayed to what she had said in the initial stages of before we went out. But when we got out, first thing she did was went to that because she was accustomed to teasing men and bringing them one way and then coming back and, oh, for her little power trip, women work with me. Ma'am, if you tried this technique, I guarantee you that's the reason why he treated you that way because he's been used to women doing that to him. He's tired of it. We're not in high school. everyone, Johnson with the Here Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Now we're going to talk about a subject matter that comes up when we first start thinking about dating and relationships. Shaming, fears, and embarrassments. These are some of the things that haunt us when we think about a relationship. Let's look at some of these a little bit closer shall we we'll start with the shaming body shaming what is that shaming of one's physique one physical appearance now as i've told you before no one has the right to shame you based on something one that you couldn't control whether it's your race, whether it's your size, whether it's your age, no matter what it is. When you meet that person, that's only a snapshot that that person sees of you. They don't know you. So how can they make this assessment of you? They can't. And you cannot give them the power to do this. 
Because if you do, you're doing a disservice to yourself. And it's unjustified. So don't put yourself in that predicament. The next thing, fat shame. Again, based on what your physical attributes has to do with weight. What you need to concern yourselves with is, are you healthy at that weight? Not if you're too fat or too skinny. Are you healthy? And let me get rid of a myth. We talk about big boned people. There's no such animal. Archaeologists have yet to find big boned people or skeletons thereof big boned people. So if you're big bone, what are we expecting? You to be about 6'9"? You know, there's a lady in Russia and she's the tallest woman in the world. Now, believe it or not, this woman's attractive. I would date her in a heartbeat. Even though she probably had to pick me up to kiss me, I would still date this lady. And she's well beyond six feet. I think, man, she's close to seven or eight. But she actually is a very attractive woman. Not for her size, I mean, just in general. See, here's the thing, folks. When someone has to put a caveat on it, how many of you African-American women heard this or Latino women heard this before? Or Asian women? You look good for a black girl. You look good for a Latina. You look good for an Asian woman. That's a racist comment in itself. Because what the insensitive person is saying to you is, you look good in your category, but you don't rate in my own category of race. That's what it's conveyed as. But people think it's harmless. See, you have a cultural mindset that because it worked in the past, it should work now. Well, for that matter, those people walking around with German Deutschmarks, French Franks, Italian Lira, they should be able to use that just like they're using the Euro. Of course, it's nonsense. Just because something worked in the past doesn't mean that it has validity or the future or the present. So don't allow yourself to get Taking down that rabbit hole. Emo shaming. E-M-O shaming. Emo shaming is when a person shames you for emoting or expressing your feelings. Oh, suck it up and quit being a wimp. I had parents to die too. Yeah, but that person hasn't. Your past experience has nothing to do with what they're experiencing now. You can empathize with them, but can you sympathize with them? The answer is no, because that's their own experience. They have the sympathy, not you. 
face shaming. Face shaming, of course, is telling someone they're ugly. Now, true enough, we have seen some aesthetically challenged people. Even on the show, I've talked about some women that I dated that weren't so attractive. But here's the thing you have to also realize. There's some people that know they're not that attractive, like the lady that I took out that night. She told me straight up, she said, I know I'm ugly as hell, but I'm fine. She wasn't lying. She told the truth. But she was self-aware. See, the whole thing is this, folks. If you can embrace any of these things that pertain to you, that you're fat, that you may not have the best shape in the world, you may be pear-shaped or whatever, it's yours. You need to love that. Damn them and their opinion. You can't give them that much credence or any credence at all because after all, have they helped you feel better about yourself? The answer is no. So why should you give them that kind of clout in your life? I don't give a damn if they have 12 million people following them and liking them. Doesn't matter. Your life is not determined for those likes and followers. Because you have to remember one thing. Before they even had the technology to have likes and followers, these people didn't have that kind of clout. An influencer. Influencer my ass. Look, if somebody influences you, that means you're manipulated. Influence yourself. Be your own influencer. That's the reason why I call all of my listeners on this show. You're leaders. You're not followers. You're not lambs. You're not sheep. Some of you own Lamborghinis. A couple of you guys send in some nice car pictures, and I really appreciate that. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of you good folks are wasting your lives trying to appease someone else. For no apparent reason because they're irrelevant compared to your existence and your future goals in life don't give them that kind of clout vertical shaming vertical shaming has to do with height now a lot of people try to counter this people wear high heels when they're shorter some even put the shoe inserts there was a lady that used to work with me and she was every bit of five foot, maybe two or three. And she put these inserts in and sadly, she would be walking sometimes and her foot would get caught in like a crevice in the concrete and her foot would come out of her shoe and the little thing that would give her the riser and the heel, it would pop out. I would be embarrassed. Totally embarrassing. And ladies, let me tell you something, just to help you a bit. If you're gonna wear a cocktail dress or a short dress, if the shoes are too big for you, please don't put tissue in the back of the shoe or one of these makeup sponges back there because it looks awkward as hell. When you're walking, you have to drag your feet like you're wearing clogs. Because you know if you lift your foot, you're going to come out of the shoe. 
no matter how you like this year, I'm just telling you this to help you. You might get away with it with a long evening dress, but short dresses, mm -mm. nope. Don't try it. It looks ridiculous. The other thing, geo-shaming, G-E-O-shaming. This has to do with location. You see this a lot on these lives. Person fires up the camera. What does that person usually say on the other side? Oh, you live in your house is nasty. You're this and you're that. You're this and you're that. Folks, it's best to have the fewest amount of things visible in the background when you're doing any kind of live, any kind of podcast or broadcast. You don't want them to have all these things. Ladies, you know when you do those bathroom selfies? Put your vibrators and dildos away. I can't tell you how many times I've seen selfies. And you have them in the background, just sitting there on the back of the toilet seat. Forgetting all about it. And some of you even have the toilet up and it's not flushed. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. So you might want to give you a place to once over before you actually fire it up. Because the less a person can see in your environment, the better off you are. When it comes to any kind of video recording, that kind of thing. And do not get into the habit of trying to one-up somebody and showing off your place and that kind of thing because thieves love an invitation to your residence. You're walking through the house with your phone showing all the rooms and how big the bathroom is and a bedroom and you know you got the garage and you got all what you're doing for many of these guys they're taking notes and they're just waiting to see okay what's the address and if you're foolish enough and they find out where you are things can come up missing in residence don't give an open invitation like that so, especially you teenagers, be careful on things like that. People don't need to know where you reside. Now, let's go on here. And geo-shaming can also consist of you living in a city that may have a high crime rate, for instance. And someone from a place with a low crime rate is dogging you out because of it. You don't need to communicate with them. Cut them off. Let's carry on, because there's nothing. See, here's the thing. If you can't learn something from someone, why listen to them? What are you gonna learn? Their negative opinion of you? You don't need that. Hell, you can walk down the street and get that from a wino. You haven't done nothing special. Fears. Now, fears, fake evidence appearing real. What are we concerned with with this? Most people are concerned, concerned with being a victim, victimhood. Being used, being exploited, being treated less than, being abused. 
Poverty is the next fear. Being perceived as poor, being told that they're poor. The next one, of course, is abuse. Now, the one thing to realize is that you don't have to take none of this from someone else. Someone calling you poor, or they're trying to be abusive to you or something. You don't have to take this shit. I'm talking in an online context, as well as personal. These are things that you need to set up boundaries for. All these things we mentioned. Retribution. You're fearing that for some reason. You may have made a comment and then all of a sudden you got beef with somebody. Let it die. Don't even try to get involved with an argument. Why do you think I don't have panels on this show? Why do you think it's just me most of the time? Because I tried it the other way. And what I had was a whole bunch of people wanting to fight each other. We weren't going to do that. I tried that for one week when I first ran the pilot show. And I said, you know what? We're not doing this. Mm -mm. People were too much into their feelings, into their emotions, and not into any kind of logic or dialogue. Failure is another fear. Failure of maybe not being with that person. Failure in the concept of rejection. And what do I always say that we sometimes equate failure with? Inadequacy. That's one of the things that's the big boogeyman when it comes to dating, going out for a relationship, is that particular thing that kind of gets on your back and kind of makes you worry. You're looking back all the time, worrying about whether or not it's catching up with you. Now, there are a lot of other things that we have to look at too. Let me just move my board here. If this thing can move, let's see here. Ugh. Excuse me, folks, while I whoop this out. I'll whoop this over. Judgment is another fear. That's valid. We don't like being judged because it. sometimes we take that as an indictment and you can't because it's that person's opinion. And many times those people don't even know you to make that opinion. So therefore it rings hollow. The only time it should be of concern to you if it comes from people that have no vested interest in tearing you down. And it's a consensus of people that don't even know you. From very facets of your life, not from the same place. Because there could be a bias, a bias there. But you want to always make sure. Vulnerability is a fear. The fear of sharing, sharing your feelings and worrying about someone using them against you. Using elements that you've exposed as a weakness against you. 
nudity is a vulnerability. And of course, that's linked to what else? Remember, we talked about body shaming, fat shaming, and all the rest of those shamings. Many times, people make a link there. Can't allow that to happen because you got to love yourself now. And there's a shame of sensitivities or things that you are embarrassed about yourself by. Things that may have happened in your past. A divorce. Or something else that was tragic that you were involved with. Maybe you got locked up for a period of time. These are things you're going to have to manage. So when they're addressed or brought up, you're not running under a rock. But you can own them and say, okay, yeah, and so what? That happened. And I'm still moving on. Guilt and causation is another. Now, people use this more than anything else when they're trying to manipulate you to get you to do what they want. They're going to try to make you feel guilty, like you, again, was inadequate in some capacity in order to now make good. And you're making good for their benefit only, not anyone else's. Please keep that in mind. Then, of course, fear itself and intimidation. When I say fear, I'm talking about facts and evidence appearing real that are not real in your mind. And see, intimidation is triggered by what could happen, but not what has happened or what did happen. So intimidation is based on a speculative fear. All right, the security team coming in. Also affirmation and validity. What this comes down to with affirmation and validity is some people don't feel complete or don't feel whole unless someone else gives them a seal of approval. That's not justified. What makes that person more important than you are? What gives that person the authority to judge you, every operative word, and put you in a category where they have the decision-making skills that will dictate your destiny? See, the only destiny they can dictate is your destiny with them. That doesn't have a damn thing to do with you. That's their opinion. That's their take on it. All right. Let's go on. Gaslighting is another one. Now, with this whole thing of gaslighting and this misinformation as well. Now, gaslighting and misinformation run hand in hand. They may try to make it your fault when it's not. They may have you to even question your own judgment when your judgment is sound and logical. In other words, they want to get you to a point, in many cases where you admit the guilt that 
doesn't even pertain to you. That's a form of control. And you got to make yourself more aware of these things and not allow that person to get to you in that regard. Now, when we talk about embarrassments, vulnerabilities, just a revelation of something about your past or a reiteration of it in front of others that you've confidently told your partner or told somebody that maybe you thought you could trust. Own it and what you do from that point forward is never share anything else with that person. And in fact, one thing to keep in mind when somebody's trying to reveal something to embarrass you, you could take total control of that narrative by saying yes. And since you were not the person that it involved, let me explain to you as a participant or a person who was involved. So there'll be more clarity. So next time that this individual decides to go and embarrass me, they would at least have all of the facts from a person who experienced it, not someone that's giving hearsay and embellishing their own narrative. So what you're doing is you're taking the value out of what they have to say. The next thing, nudity. Ladies, let me tell you something about modesty and nudity. Let that shit fly out the window. If a man sees you naked, he's more than likely going to respect you than disrespect you. Who are the people that usually disrespect you when you're nude? Criminals. Most upstanding men, they accept it. Hell, I was on a date one night, I'll never forget a lady who had a wrap skirt on. And when she got up, the bow in the front unfastened and she had nothing on underneath it. And she was embarrassed. And of course, she was trying to scramble and put a relationship with someone else. And they're like, oh, he's great. I enjoyed it. So it all depends. So what that means primarily is you can't take that person's measure as a definitive resolution on how you are in that department. Whether they're basing it on a relationship or whether they're basing it on your sexual performance. Now, lastly, dependency. This is a vulnerability where a person has to watch themselves from Maybe getting into a relationship where they're not really that comfortable, but they're coping with it. And they're coping in that relationship in the hopes of someday where they can have their voice to change course in it. Don't allow yourself to get too carried down this rabbit hole. A lot of people wind up in pointless relationships that go nowhere based on this premise. Don't put yourself there. If it's not fitting right or something's not right, let the person know. If they see you as someone that's going to help them, especially with a detrimental dependency, 
addictions, that kind of thing, you're not interested. Because let me tell you something, that addiction is going to tell that person what to do. And through that person, that addiction is going to tell you what to do. I don't think too many people like being used like that. Don't forget, drugs use people. And users use people. So, don't put yourself in that predicament. It's not your fight. If you choose to sign up for one of these situations, understand one thing. Go in with your eyes open and understand the consequences and understand the risk. Because there are risks. There's no such thing as a riskless relationship. Every one of them have some sort of risk. Well, folks, um, I hope this helps you along the way. And we're going to do it again on tomorrow. So I want you to take care. Love you all. And tell a friend, of course. Be more than glad to inform. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rad Terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.